Not everything metal was created equal. What an ugly thing to say. The Metal Sucks Podcast. Shiggity Chuck and Godless attempt to bring order to chaos or just make stupid jokes about dumb people. Stupid. A person below normal intelligence. This is the Metal Sucks Podcast. Greetings and salutations, my fine metal friends. Welcome to another edition of the Metal Sucks Podcast. I am J.D. Chuck. I'm Godless. And this is our weekly examination of all things metal or something like that, where we just basically bullshit for an entire hour or with people and stuff and listen to some songs and stuff like that. You can follow me on Twitter at Bearded Ape. You can follow my... Uh, companion over here, Godless Speaks, Godless underscore Speaks. No, no. No, wait, what? what? Godless Speaks, all one word. It's one with word? three S's in the middle. Okay, Jesus. I and don't, don't forget, at, go, at No Control Radio. Oh, yeah, that one too. Yeah. You can follow us on Twitter and all that Because you got your Friday stuff. night show, you got 24-7 streaming. Lots of metal, like, uh, constantly, all the time, uh-huh. dude. Yeah, it's insane. Make sure you subscribe to the show on iTunes, that way you don't have to worry about it to... Uh, you know, go, go on to find it. It'll come to you. Dude, It'll come right to your device. We or keep, we keep on telling people to, send, to to like put up like bad reviews with like lots of keywords. Mm-hmm. We're getting lots of good reviews, oh, even well, despite us, man. I don't even know if I like that. That's uh, <laughs> pe- people don't like me. Uh, that, that's unacceptable, dude. Totally unacceptable. <laughs> this week has been a, a, a massively slow week for for news because uh, well, I kind of want to talk about Tim Lambesis. No, nothing really yeah. happened. Okay, uh, what? It's the United States judicial system. It's going to take him four years to get convicted for three days. So, yeah, it's uh, it's kind of a slow ass process. But you know, it looks like Lemmy's got. Uh, he's on dialysis and he's got uh, dude he's got diabetes, diabetes. Uh, I mean yeah. to go figure somebody I mean, from Marilyn Manson's band's got cancer ass cancer yeah, yeah. that's no good and yeah. then he got stage 4 colon cancer sorry that's a and two yeah, no two thirds of Black Sabbath are trying desperately to kill Tony Iommi <laughs> yeah so there's like a few little <laughs> things that are happening going on but you know god you know we, we, we on our show this week we got Mark Asakenda oh yeah we're gonna talk to you you're gonna get some gay love on Mark uh, oh, yeah. in the back of the bus. He's a good looking man. He he's actually I'll 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 bow to that one. Uh-huh. He's a pretty good looking man, <laughs> and he's enthusiastic. Yes, he is very enthusiastic. And for me, charisma that goes a lot farther. Hell yeah! You know, sex appeal is one thing, but but <laughs> charisma is a whole other. <laughs> Uh, but we what were we what were we talking about before the show? We were kind of just right, tossing so, around things that yeah, we were talking right, about. No, you were I, yes, you, you had a local band approach you about something. Well, and it, sort of. I mean, this is uh, there's a there's a band who I think are incredible, right? Yeah, yeah. Really, really, and I really appreciate you you introducing me their music. It's awesome stuff. Yeah, and I'm very excited because they're about to begin recording their new album. And as a fan, can't wait. It's going to be awesome. Cool. What is also cool about it is that I've talked to one of the guys in the band in the past and talked about just sort of like, you know, how to how to how to make your band interesting, not just musically, but elsewise. You know what I mean? Which is uh, one of my favorite topics. Well, be interesting is step one. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But, but he so he sends me an email and it was like one of those emails that I like I really wanted to spend an hour and give a thoughtful response and I really couldn't. But you know, here we are. So I'll give a thoughtful response. <laughs> now we're gonna spend an hour and give a thoughtful response. Okay, here you go. But he was asking, how do I get my band written about on Metal Sucks? And since I'm not Vince or Axel. I can't really answer True. for them, right? Yeah, okay. So I, what I can do is talk about how does a band that doesn't have yet that national audience, that reputation, etc., how do they get written about on any metal blog or mm. you know get any sort of online attention? Step one, write good music. Absolutely, yeah, and and that's perform the, it that's well. That's the best way to do it. And, Record it well and put it out there. It, okay. Well, and when you when you especially when you sing, but when everything that you do commit, because I can't tell you how many times the difference between a band that has made it and a band that hasn't is when you can tell they're not committed to what they're doing. You listen to like vulgar display of power. You know that. Uh, um, uh, Phil believes every word he's saying, and he's totally committed to it. And then you hear sometimes you like a local band, and they'll do their thing, and it's a Pantera impersonation. But you listen to it, and you're like, "Yeah, I don't believe, I don't believe you. Yeah, I just don't believe you." Yeah, I kind of get that. And it, but that makes a big difference. But then beyond the music and beyond the performance, how do you get written about? 
Well, see, I, but I'm, I got to think about it more than anything. It's, it's got to boil down to that. I mean, if it's not just about the music, if, if it's, uh, that's really got to what, what, what gets you in. It's I part mean, of it. Isn't it? But it's part of it. But, I mean, otherwise you got to go try to kill your wife or something. And uh, that works. Or shoot totally your band works. members, you know, that works too. You, you got to do something like that. Uh-huh. I mean, the, I think if it's you, if you can't make it on your merits, you can't make it on your merits. I mean, that's the whole point. I've no. seen, I've seen metal sucks write about a ton of bands from right here in Austin. Actually, you know, they've been they're They've done write-ups on, uh, uh, who, uh in my head, uh, unmothered. I think a pack of wolves was in there. Great band. Uh, maybe by any means necessary. I think it done their EP. Uh, he got it reviewed up there. You know, maybe having good music, having decent artwork, and putting out a professional product will help you go a pretty far, a pretty far along with that. You know, instead of having something else, you know. But think to, about it, to right? Be, get you over the hump, if pa- you will. Pack of wolves. Out of all those, the only ones I really listen to, right? Lions the Savo, another one, right? But but pack of wolves are as good as like eighty percent, if not more of any of the bands that get written about on a regular basis but they don't get talked about more than that i don't think and they should because you know it can be like because there's not a story there there's no they're not going on tour but even beyond that if they did go on tour they're not going on tour opening up for so and so and then even the tour can happen it seems to happen in a vacuum and it doesn't get talked about because there's no freaking drama going on in the tour and that's what you need to get talked about you need a story and the story better have all those things that your favorite hollywood movies have got it better have familiar actors with the you know some pretty iconic characters, yeah. and you better have uh, 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 some drama. So what, you get in a feud with Metallica. Is that how you do this thing? It's you a start, great you know, start. Picking, picking on Lars Ulrich and have him respond to you on Twitter. Or something exactly, like that. that'll you, get you going. Absolutely. If Lars responds, gold. If he doesn't, it look you know nobody, no harm, no foul. You know what I mean? It, nobody, nobody knows about it, so it doesn't matter. But if you can get Lars to say two words about your band. You're going to get written about yeah. and a lot and people will remember your name for years to come because of it. But they'll the, at the least what they're going to do is they're going to give you a chance. I don't know. I still think it's two schools of thought. I think I think you need to just have the product. You need to put it out there and you need to let people come to you. But there's plenty and, of bands and that come have to you. that. Don't, there's there's, there's thousands of bands. You. There's thousands of bands that have that, and I know that. But that's the point: is you got to be better than those thousands it, of bands. You got to find a way. You got to cut through, but not with like bullshit crap on Twitter and blah 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 drama, all that stuff. You don't need that stuff. We nobody needs it. I mean, yes, we, you we do. actually we we kind of need that stuff for yes. the show. So <laughs> so okay, go ahead and go ahead and start calling them out on Twitter. That'd be fine. All right. Yeah, we could definitely use a lot of that crap. So, all but right, what I'm right. saying is that is that there are plenty of bands that are really really great, and some of them I think should cut through. But they don't get talked about because they're like trying to keep themselves a secret or something. You got to get people to know who you are and to give you a chance. And how do you do it? You know what? You do it in the most base way you possibly can because it's, you know what? You're spending too much time trying to make sure you got the guitar, right guitar sound. You got the right kind of stage presence. You got the great show and great songs. Who has time to try to come up with like a really complicated, really awesome way to try to circumnavigate everybody's feelings about all this? Screw that. Get Lars to talk shit about you now we got ourselves a story so yeah but that's gonna be uh, i don't know man i think that's just a uh, cheat uh, you're cheating you're cheating dude you're cheating the system dude there you're are no the rules in this system so there there's are, no cheating there there are rules you there is no crying in metal okay there's <sighs> there there are rules no, here there's no rules uh, if you want to do it and do it well and do it right and have longevity if you want to stick around and keep going it takes a lot more than just drama to dude, get you there, dude. Death Angel have a song from Ultraviolence on a chicken commercial, a fast food chicken commercial, yeah. twenty years ago. That pe- they would have gotten, you know, completely derided for it because they had sold out or whatever. But you know what? Now everybody understands. You got to do something to make some money. This is just part of it. You got to get yourself out there, and you got to do it in the, you know, the, the the easiest, bestest way possible. And I'm saying, I'm saying, it does. Doesn't matter how you do it. You know what? Piss off a million people with what you got to say. You know what? There's two million others who will get a kick out of it, and they're going to love you for it. Yeah, yeah. It's it's the Howard Stern method of going uh, of of attacking you know promotions. You know, it's 
I don't know, man. I don't know. For you may all, not like it, but you get to hear the bands and they get talked about, and that's what matters. Mm. I mean, you need more than just a three and a half horns review off of Metal Sucks <laughs> to get out there nowadays. Well, you know, you get to you, you try to kill your wife, or that helps allegedly. And next uh-huh. thing you know, we talk about you and your band's name is mentioned for the next three years. Uh-huh. So we we get you out there, or you know, you you uh, get you go on trial for almost murdering somebody in your crowd aka or also known as the land lamb of god problem uh and that you talk about their band for three years worth so i guess you know i see some truth to that oh absolutely you need a music video with like i don't know some boobs (laughs) some well that's uh, that goes without saying i mean (laughs) i mean that's just straight up where it's at yeah Uh, some pimping and blinging and something like that no I, i don't i don't know man i just don't but there are bands who are following me on Twitter at Godless Speaks. I want to shoegaze. I'm sure you've got bands that are constantly going up to you going, hey, man, you listen to my demo and all that sort of thing. You get that all the time, see, right? I don't care about any of this other crap, though. That's that's my thing. I don't care about any of this crap. It doesn't matter. But the, the fact is, is that you will talk about and you will think about, more importantly, bands that there is that kind of crap going on about. You think so? Absolutely. Really? Yes. That's I mean, what I think about. I think you Dave, know what goes on in my brain there, guys. I know exactly really? because you're human. We all do it. <sighs> Maybe if there's boobs in it, I mean that 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 would probably put me over the top. I, I'd probably be in that that conversation. I'm, I'm with you there, but otherwise. I mean, when it's all the other stuff, it just seems to distract me. If it's good enough, like if it's really good enough, I go ape shit for it without without even thinking about any of that other stuff. I don't have to see a video. I don't have to. I don't even need to see the artwork. If I think the song is good enough, I go crazy for it without all of it. No, you don't. Yeah, I do. I do. (laughs) I totally do. I was I was having the conversation about the who was I talking with about job for a cowboy. Uh huh. Uh, And the first time I had ever heard that band, somebody brought me a burn CD to uh, to like a record store release thing where I was doing a live thing in a parking lot. It was whatever. (laughs) They used to do that when record companies had money, they used to do that sort of thing. But somebody brought me this burn CD of job for a cowboy and it was the doom EP when it was still getting handed around and going around on the internet. Right. I popped it in. I listened to it. I was like, Holy crap. This is awesome. And the next day it was on my, on the air. It was on, it was on my show and stuff like that still happens. Even for local bands, stuff like that still happens. Absolutely. But get your music. But if it's good enough, it doesn't matter. But it, the what? rest of that bullshit doesn't matter. It, it does matter. No, it doesn't. It does matter. Why in the world would you think that you're going to fly to the moon on an airplane? You need to get throw some you know, real jet fuel in that sucker if you're going to get up to the moon. Well, I think an airplane... And uh, you know, look, pressure. And, and, and if you're a band stuff, and you're like, look, I don't want to insult science. anybody. I don't want drama. I don't want all that. Okay, I get that. That's fine. But what you do need is you do need those like those uh, uh, interesting characters. You need to have Max Cavalera. I don't care if he just farts on track three. Put it out there. there somebody's going to go. Hey, man, you want to hear the latest Max Cavalera? You got to hear it. Here it is. You know, and that that gets talked about. You got a familiar character. That's half the reason that you'd pay extra money to get a producer with a name because people will go, oh, man, you know, Crowbar. Think of Crowbar. Who produced their first album? Huh? Philip H. Anselmo. Who did? The dude's stone deaf, but it doesn't matter. The album is great, but you know what? People listen to it because Phil Anselmo was involved. But that's a, I mean, it's a cult of personality thing, dude. I mean, it's, it's, so what? So why Crowbar would have been just another but, band but without I, Phil Anselmo but producing? But I get it. how I, I mean I get what you're saying. I get that it's real. I get that 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 exists. That you need those things. That that those things help a band get even further. But do you go and try to manufacture that shit? I mean, do you? I mean, is it something that yeah, you go out there and try to try to build on your own? Or I mean, do you do what you do and hope build relationships and try to? I mean, I don't know. It feels very inorganic to me. Or do you just hire everybody? And hope we'll, we'll make it. If you do that, you wind up with being the Black Veil Brides, or you end up with you the know, new Protest the Hero album with what's his face playing drums. But, well, no, that's different. I mean, those guys, those guys did it a little bit differently than that. <laughs> they just hired the greatest drummer in the world. No, they, I mean, that's they, all they did. They did it by having 
good ass music and making funny videos. Absolutely. D- funny videos. No boobs yet, but they're working on it, I'm well, sure. The, they're Star Trek fans. No boobs for Star Trek fans. <laughs> Sorry. That's all. That's reserved for a Star hey, Wars. Hey, wait a fan. minute. Just the singer is a Star Trek fan. Remember, the rest of the guys are along for the ride. No, no, no. I'm grouping them all together <laughs> because they, if they're in that camp. They're in that camp. And, and never mind. But anyway, I mean. <sighs> I know you don't like it, but the ends justify the means. If you can I get guess. people to talk yeah. about you, then mm. great. And you know what? Here's another idea. Here's another idea I got for you, right? Oh, You're, crap. Oh, no. We go on really long. No, no, no. We're, we're fine. All we're right. Fine. Good, good. But like, like, you know, if you have a, a, a startup business, one of the things that you can do is you put together an advisory board. And these are just people who are all different aspects of your business. That might be some like... Um, uh, uh, blind spots that you have, right? And you get these people and you don't pay them. They volunteer because they believe in what you're doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what bands need to do. Put together an advisory board. Have you ever Have you ever met a heavy metal band? Have you ever been like hung out with heavy metal new dudes? Idea, have, you ever, man. have you ever really, really spent some time with uh, these guys before? Have, totally. you ever, have you really done that before? Absolutely. But listen, I'm trying to shake the metal boat here, man. What I'm telling you is, I don't think you know what the fuck you're dealing with here. I really don't think you know what you're dealing with here, dude. A quarterly a, conference call? It, yeah, exactly. I mean, come Let's, on, come on, man. We gotta have a we gotta have a meeting today. No, but today, it, today it can be totally informal. These right? guys don't even have a bank account, dude. I, what do you mean? I know, but th- that's what I'm saying is that, is that you don't pay anybody, and it can be totally informal. The advisory board's gonna be somebody's girlfriend. I mean, that's no. not, that's not gonna be any good. No, it. You know what? You try to get like the connections to the right kind of kinds hey, Mom, of people. Mom, and go, can you come down here and help us? Uh, tell us what you. you think of this before you release that album get phil anselmo to listen to a track and go yeah i think it's good or i don't think it's good or whatever and then when you put it out you'll have phil anselmo but being willing to say something but about that's you. having legitimate making legitimate connections with people yes not not just trying to do some goofball stunt stunnery I mean that's two different things, no, man. No, and what you're talking I, about, what you were talking about earlier, is really all about like doing bullshit drama, trying to get people to write about you because you have a dumbass gimmick. And what you're now talking about is building actual relationships based on fucking music, and that's what I'm talking about. Well, I know, but I'm that's saying a whole different thing. No, no, it's the same thing, no, dude. It's not. It it's is not because it goes back to what I was saying about having familiar actors in your movie. No, that's I what get, I'm saying. I get that part of it, but familiar actors in your movie does not based on like having just bouncy boobs in your video that helps i mean i i'll watch it it's a complete but- <laughs> package i'm saying you're going in many different directions you know oh that's way too organized here we go i don't think bands can do all that stuff man number one bouncy boobs number two some famous people who are willing to listen to your Phil stuff and, and number three when they insult your stuff you then go out and insult them and see if they'll respond and then you go out and you got yourself a full package you got people talking about your stuff drama rama all right yes you, you just gave them the formula crap it's the formula here's how oh you do my it God, it's over done walk away man and you want more information i am billable by the hour oh jesus just tweet this me. is terrible when all these bands take this formula it's just gonna be nothing but uh tits and ass and but man the blogs line. are gonna have fun we're gonna have a blast Come on the air let's talk about that no because then it'll be everybody's jumped the shark and everybody's done i'm finished no, with all of it then now. it's something new because then it'll be we want to see your show with no lights on there's going to be no lights it's going to be dark it's going to be it's going to be a deaf heaven show that's what it's going to be it's, it's, it's going to be nothing but a deaf heaven show bunch of nerds on stage in the dark awesome yeah, but all the fun we're going to have before we get there <laughs> oh. uh, insane okay all right all right, all right. Now, see this is what happens when we don't have a topic we can talk for 20 minutes <laughs> <laughs> uh, we got to get into this interview with uh, with Mr. Marcos Akenda. You totally went gay for this dude. He was he. he I, it was. I have not seen you so giddy to talk to somebody. Uh-huh. I got pretty gay for for Glenn Benton. But no, this no, was on you were excited level. about Glenn Benton, but I mean, no, because you, you had asked before, like way before uh-huh. even the album was coming out or anything about trying to get to trying to trying to talk to him because of the Baroness thing. So yes. we get into that. We get into a bunch of other cool stuff. Uh, with Mark Azakenda at the, their show the last time when he played in Austin. And, uh, and yeah, it was pretty awesome. We'll hear a little bit from the new record as well as some weekend nachos coming up on the Metal Sucks podcast. <laughs> Dude, Mark. Yes! You have no idea how, for me. So this is Chuck. I'm Godless from Metal Sucks, Metal Sucks podcast. podcast. Yep, I know it. All right, cool. So Love it. You have no idea for me how monumental it is to get a chance to meet you. 
He's he's been asking about this for months, for, actually, for yeah, months. And I told him I was like, "No, we got to wait." Before you guys even talked about the album for like so many reasons. So nice. Well, I hope it don't let you down. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> good thing you walked back, and I was listening to Sabbath. That's a good. That's a good start. No, I figured you'd be like listening to Ultraviolence again, yeah, man. Right. That's what I do every day. <laughs> totally. That's what I do. I circle bang Ultraviolence. <laughs> <laughs> but dude, uh, you're on tour with like eight bands. Yeah. What, 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 what do you need all these bands for? It should be Death Angel <laughs> with special guest Death Angel, you know? <laughs> An evening with? I don't think we're there yet. No? I don't think we're there yet. We're plugging away, man. We're trying to win over. We're still trying to win over a, a crowd again. You know, it's not the 80s anymore. It's interesting because you yeah. guys are like, like it's this is like redux. It's like you climbed up all the way from ultraviolence to like what seemed like Act 3 was like the peak and then... You know, I don't know what the hell happened to you guys. And now it's like metal and you guys are doing that same journey again. Does it feel the same? It feels amazing. Yeah, we definitely feel like we're on a good ride right now. And it seems like um, we're being very consistent now about releases and touring and releases. You know, so I think uh, with the with the team we have behind us and that including the band members that um, we for this type of music, we're a force to be reckoned with as far as, you know, putting out product and touring. So uh, and I see the, the the climb of the progression not only of us in numbers of sales and in numbers of you know larger crowds, but getting younger crowds. And I also see just uh, how metal in itself has progressed and the draws for different bands. And it's just it seems like it's growing. You know, all the subgenres of metal and everything are getting you know good attention again, which is which to me is brilliant brilliant you know it seemed like the last time i saw you guys you didn't even play board and it did i look around and everybody i'm the only one going what the hell they didn't play board <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> we do sometimes on special <laughs> occasion we'll break out board it's a real special occasion one you know people ask for it all the time yeah of course we toured we did that whole three legs of the states with um anthrax and testament last time you know and me and Charlie are really tight. And Charlie, every night, said, why aren't you playing board? Play board for me. Why aren't you playing board? And we did it two times on the tour, but both two times we did it on the tour, he was, you know, it's when... Off doing something yeah, else, right? When it's Daddy was filling even, in. I'm like, it. damn. I was like, we're doing it tonight, man. So it's just, you know. That's why you call him up and hold the phone up. Yeah, right. Here you go, man. That's how it works, man. We did it for him once in Soundcheck. But, it, all right, for me... I was a big Kiss fan, right? And I put on. I, somebody told me there's tits on MTV on Saturday nights after 10 p.m. And I put it on, and board comes on, and I go, "Oh my god, I've never heard anything like this before. This is incredible." And then you guys are on there. You're probably like 13 years old, yeah, yeah. And you're all like, "Oh, and we got a Kiss cover on our album, man. You got to hear that." And I was like, "Mom, mom, <laughs> we're going to the mall tomorrow." You know, and we go to that store, and then I pick up Frolic Through the Park, and it's all over. And here we are all these years later. Yeah. And it's like, uh, I mean, but you must get those stories all the time. All those stories all the time, right? I, you know, often. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Which is great, because that means that, you know, people didn't outgrow the music. You know, but I get it all the time, especially Ultraviolence and Frolic. People tell me what that, you know, what those albums meant to me, what those, you know, Act 3 as well. I mean, don't get me wrong, but yeah, Dude, I get the stories all the time. Seemingly Endless Time was like one of the greatest yeah. music videos ever even now it's like such an <laughs> it, i mean it's just like epic and and it's heavy and it's funny when i hear like the new album and the stuff previous it's like you guys aren't doing anything that much different yeah, so yeah. Like you've evolved that much i mean you have but it's like you listen to seemingly endless time and all that stuff that was so far ahead of the the game that it's like okay the rest of the world's finally caught up yeah i you know i mean that's a matter of fact what we're trying to do is i mean we sure we've progressed and times changed, but what we're trying to do is actually sink deeper into our thrash roots. So if anything, it's going to be more akin to things like that than you know apart from it. So right. yeah, something I'm proud of, yeah. definitely. <laughs> <laughs> so that big ten year gap that you have in there, man. Yeah, how was it coming back in 2000 and revisiting all this stuff again? Did it just did you have the fire back in there again and you just jump right back in, or did it take you a while to kind of warm up again? We did, you know, we didn't have much time to even give it thought because we, were, me and Rob and Andy, were on tour with a project we had at the time going on called Swarm, and we were touring the U.S. with uh, Jerry Cantrell, and then you know we started catching wind of this benefit they were putting on for Chuck Billy, that Thrash of the Titans in uh, San Francisco, and you know eventually they asked, and at first you know. We kind of got approached, and it was always something. I wrote off Death Angel. I was like, no, no, never going to happen, you know? And then finally, uh, Chuck called Rob directly. And, you know, Rob sat down, you know, sat us all down, said, look, Chuck, talk to me, blah, 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 you know? 
And I actually I thought you know we had it's been just approached. Don't wish, man. It's yeah, just don't right? wish. I know it's kind of crazy though, you know. You're and still sitting around waiting for him to die. <laughs> it was just odd, you know. And then um, we sat down and said, "Well, shit, if we're ever going to do it, you know, this is the reason to do it. We're not doing it for you know some guy in Europe saying, hey, dude, I'll pay you this much, fly to Europe.' It was just if we're going to do it, it's going to be a one-off. It'd be for Chuck, cancer research, fine, you know. But it was at the when the tour ended the swarm tour jerry cantrell thing we had two days home and then the show was the next day so we hit up we knew gus wouldn't be a part of it he didn't you know he was living in the philippines we knew he didn't want to we hit up dennis who wasn't in the band told him look we're going to do this he was into it told him the songs we were going to do we already knew ted from years ago he was staying there in daily city where you know outside of san francisco so him and den were getting together learning the set list that we gave him and then me rob and andy were on this other tour out here practicing those same songs if we got a sound check that night you know so and i'm just like reading lyrics <clears throat> we got home from this tour literally the next day rehearsed in our rehearsal room as death angel the day after that same thing third day we were on stage and so we didn't even have a chance to like you know react to how it was going to be and as soon as uh, you know we were we were the band that was the last to confirm on that bill and the band with the longest hiatus and uh Billy Milano, as soon as he, you know, announced us, he was the MC that night. And when he announced us, the crowd just erupted. And that moment, I mean, I felt the chill that I hadn't felt in a good decade. Yeah. You know, I hadn't. And within two minutes of the first song, I was hooked. I was like, now this is what I've been missing for these 10 years. I was the one who wanted, you know, was the furthest apart. It was like an- most anti. But within minutes, I was like, I'm never letting this fucking go again. <laughs> what was the first song? Ah, oh, Jesus. Remember? Um, Mistress of Pain. Ah, yeah, we did ultra nice. intro. Then and then the yeah, ultra yeah, yeah. intro straight into Mit- Mistress nice. of Pain. Yeah, and nice. the crowd just went mad. That's perfect. Yeah, it was uh, ripping. Yeah. It was ripping. Well, it's funny because all right. So the, one of the reasons, all right, a few months ago, the headline comes out: Baroness bus crash. Right. First thing that pops in my head is opening up CMJ years ago and hearing about the crash that you guys had. Yeah. And it seemed like after that crash like something from the outside it just seemed like that that it just i don't know how to explain it but like it was like a light went out or something and it was like do you did that did you guys have that was it did it feel that way on the inside or was that just us trying to sort of figure out what was going on it's pre-internet you know so yeah, we yeah. don't know what the hell was going on with you guys yeah that was it that was the straw that broke the camel's back after we got into the bus accident it was Gosh, I flew back to San Francisco because it happened between Vegas and Arizona. And I flew back a couple days later. And, like, about three days after that, I called the guys and said, I'm done. That was it, and I quit the band. And what was it? it? Was it stuff leading up to that? There was a lot of stuff leading up to that, you know, just um, basic story that happens to any young band. You know, we signed a bunch of things we shouldn't have. So throughout our career, the first part of our career, you know, we got a lot of attention, generated a lot of money. Never saw any of it. Um, managers and different people were seeing a lot of it. Then we, so we had to eventually, you know, we got good attorneys behind us. But then for that whole Act Three, you know, situation where then we were on a major label, things were going good, but any bit of uh, income that we generated went straight to uh, attorneys and litigation. And after a while, it just started eating away at the core of the band. And, you know, there was tension. And the only time that was even fun being on tour was just when you we were on stage. After that, it was just, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't what it used to be. And it's not what I, you know, I don't think any of us signed up for from the, basically, from the moment we looked at KISS when we, our first concert all together was KISS 79, Cow Palace. And we looked up within moments where I, that's what I want to be when I grow up. Yeah. All of us. And you don't have any of this vision that there's going to be, you know, some guy that's going to just destroy your dreams. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's and like, it was that. And, then, well, and, you know, that's weird because the, so many bands we had talked to Carcass and a few other bands that went through almost identically the same thing in the at 90s the same time. at the same time yeah. because it seemed like labels were just going apeshit for you know just taking advantage of bands yeah and it just seemed to be something that was happening over and over and over and over again and I mean was that discouraging when you were coming back looking for another label and all that kind of thing like no, knowing that business where all that happened or did it give you another sense of what to look out for? Definitely what to look out for. Yeah. You know, we were, by the time we came back after 10 years, we'd all been jamming in different bands. We got the industry a lot more. We understood it. <laughs> we were older, you know, and uh, we knew just uh, we knew good attorneys and everything. And so when we came back and when, when we first came back, it was just a lot of tours of playing the earlier stuff and learning the earlier stuff. 
And then that's when we knew all of a sudden things were going to get weird when labels started approaching us. And then we're like, uh-oh, well, here's another, you know, thing altogether, another can of beans. Yeah, it's just like, okay, it's one thing to learn the old stuff, play it for people and have them go, you know, ape shit over it. But then it's another thing to start writing new music 13 years later under the moniker Death Angel. And are people going to accept it? Are, you know, are we going to live up to the name? Because we held the name closer, you know, to us. As, and we know how fans cherished it, too. So when we finally decided we could, you know, we did talk to a few labels and um, settled with Nuclear Blast and still are just very, very happy with them. You know, they're, they're, they're in it for the right reasons. They know how to market a metal band. Uh, they know how to make the bands feel special, the fans feel special. And uh, it helps that, you know, everyone at that label is, you know, a metalhead. <laughs> yeah. From the president yeah, down, and it helps. True. You know, and, and we all kind of grew up together in the scene. So yeah. it's, it's, it's interesting. And you were there before Monty Connor got on board? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I love Monty. I've known Monty since, you know, since the early Death Angel days. Yeah. Monty's a great guy. And that's why when I even heard that, I was like, yeah! He's <laughs> <laughs> on our team! You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Monty's a great guy. <laughs> Yeah. Wow. All right. So, so when the when that baronet sorry to go back to that bus no, crash, no. Boy, <laughs> yeah, yeah. but like I was like, dude, we gotta get Basley on the phone with Osaquenda. We gotta yeah. record it <laughs> and have Osaquenda tell tell him like how to do this, how to navigate it, because you know Baroness a great band. I don't like the double album, but you they know, are great a great band. band. Great so band. how do they survive it? And it looks like man, just through like sheer will, you know, the wings have come off, but they had to stick new ones on, but they're getting through it. Yeah. I mean, what is it about when that happens and that that just makes it so emotional, emotionally tough? Is it the financial stuff? You know, I mean, that's what it was for us, definitely. But I mean, just the the, the, the crash itself is just jarring. It's 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 something you never forget. You know, it's still extremely hard for me to get good rest on, on tour because every reflector we hit in the road, I'm up everyone you know and it's just uh it's something you can't erase yeah. it just it's the sounds the, the the colors everything it's just it's you know bar say you know a tragedy happening to my immediate family which has happened before it's the most intense day of my life to this day yeah but uh i love music so much that you know i'm willing to risk it yeah. <laughs> time yeah. and time again you know it's it's i mean god look at uh you know look at ben from goat whore and you know he he's yeah, he's yeah. been one of the worst yeah. one of the worst accidents yeah. out there and multiple times recovered amazingly yeah, from really. it you know multiple yeah. times from goat whore and soil and green mm-hmm. i mean he's the man i love that guy dude and he's still a beast on stage yeah man. you know and, and he's driving yeah and he's still know, driving and that's, that's what i'm freaky, saying dude. It's i like, love that man i've talked love that man. about that i'm like why the hell dude i would be wrapped in bubble wrap or something yeah. in the back of the yeah. van or whatever see i always figured and you the answer to that is simple music yeah, yeah. i always figured you only get in one I've never heard of anybody getting in more than one. Oh yeah, no. Because I figured you're you're totally hooked up yeah. now, dude. You, they could strap you to the <laughs> right, front of the bus, right. and it, you're like the good luck charm. It's a scary one. Yeah, no. that's why. You know, I <laughs> I used to think that, but mm-mm, mm-mm. Uh, I don't take anything for granted now. Yeah, Nothing. It, and and all right. So going back after that happened, you're like, I'm out of here. You're like, what do you do? I mean, you do you like? I mean, you don't have like a resume, right? Because you guys have been doing it since you were like. Yeah, early teenagers. Yeah, I don't have a, I didn't have a resume at all. I worked at Wiener Schnitzel before that Death Angel got signed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Had a hairnet, the little visor, the whole bit. Was like, and after? Yeah, uh, after. <laughs> I, right, 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 exactly. Now I moved to New York after because I just wanted total removal from San Francisco, Death Angel, anything that reminded me of it. And, uh, city or state? City. Uh huh. Yeah, and uh, was out there. I got married, and just kind of partied a lot. <laughs> you know, I just. Uh, I, I, I found myself, basically. I had to, because I didn't know me or anything about it. I grew up, you know, literally. I, I grew with Death Angel, so I do nothing outside of that. And I kind of just, it sounds dorky or very, you know, Kwai Chang Kane or whatever the hell. I found myself, and then by the time that was done, moved back to San Francisco with a whole new set of, you know, who, who I was and uh, started exploring music again out there and uh, had a new appreciation for San Francisco and music and tried different things, as everyone in the band did, and... Then eventually, it went full circle, and we got back together as different people, and See, could understand each other better. I figured you would have done the same thing I did, which was pull out an acoustic guitar, sit by a campfire, and sing "Room of the View" and see if I could get laid <laughs> for a few years, right? See now, I, yeah, you know, I got laid. <laughs> Didn't work for me, man. <laughs> <That's awesome. laughs> but yeah, I mean, did you do you like? Go- try to get a job on wall street or you like just 
do something creative, but something different? What, what were you doing? Because the rest of the guys were organization, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I managed a vintage clothing store on Haight Street in San Francisco. It was, a, it was called Wasteland, and it was probably the best years of my life. I was there for outside of music. Uh-huh. I mean, some of the best friends I've made ever. And um, it, was a, it was the biggest vintage clothing store on Haight Street. So in San Francisco at the time, it was incredible. And there was about 30 people on staff. And I just got hired there, you know, this is my first job that wasn't, you know, fast food. And they hired me at the beginning and eventually I worked my way up till I was the manager. And uh, it was a, you know, a great experience. Uh, great friends, everyone who was worked there was a musician, an artist, a drag queen, you name it. It was just a quirky bunch of folks, but we were this crazy, you know, land of misfit toy family that just, and it was amazing. Yeah, yeah. And I, when I quit that, when I quit working vintage clothing, I was back in music. So it was just kind of. Kept so now, me a little weird. <laughs> so now coming back to music with a family and everything, yeah. how's the wife and everybody reacting to to going back on tour and all that? Well, I got divorced before that. Yeah. <laughs> right. See, uh, so that was that's different. By the time Death Angel reformed, you know, uh, uh, yeah, I was already. Did that have just, anything to do with like coming back to it or no? Uh, no just no. you know, just got married too young. Yeah, but, you know, yeah. just didn't work out well for me. Uh, but other guys definitely when they got together, they were already married and whatnot and. I think a few of their wives didn't really sign up for what was entailed, and hence there's only me and Rob left of the originals, you know. Yeah. And that's basically what it boiled down to was, um, you know, you fast forward 10 years, people are married, have kids and mortgages, and you start a band over, it doesn't just mean all of a sudden you're, it's yeah. paying what your job is paying, yeah. you know, and, it, and that was the case. It caused a lot of tension within the band. It caused a lot of tension with them at their houses. So it wasn't fair for the band. It wasn't fair for their spouses, anything like that. And eventually, you know, we were getting restrictions. I can't go on this tour. I can for the first two weeks, but I can't. And you're like, well, unfortunately, it's not the 80s. You can't just tour for a couple weeks. You know, you, now if you're in a metal band, especially metal band, underground band, you got to be on tour pretty much constantly, you know. Because that's the only place you're going to get any money, right? That too. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if you're, if you're making money, it's going to be merch and sales yeah. and, and so what you you're making to. at a show kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. Yeah, and to stay in people's attention because people's, let's face that too, people's attention spans have gotten shorter because they're just used to immediate gratification. Yeah. You know? It must be interesting though, like back when you're touring then, and, you know, I was thinking about how like Act 3 comes out, you guys are on Headbangers Ball Constant. It's it's all feeling like you're that next band from San Francisco that's going right. to explode, you know what I mean? And, but you guys must have had no idea when you hit the road whether people are going to show up or not right but now you with that with the internet and everything you got a constant ability to communicate you have an idea of what people are feeling and or or do you still have that disconnect is it still a bubble that you're kind of in um now we're still just hopeful <laughs> we're still right? just hopeful we know the core core main cities people are going to be there you yeah. know but then when you're hitting the cities uh they're smaller we're still just kind of we got a strong package hopefully people are going to come out you yeah. know and it's ironic because Ultraviolence, Frog Through the Park, those tours, same kind of thing. Especially Ultraviolence tour was kind of a you know DIY tour that was just people showed up. We'd be happy if there was 30 people there as long as they knew the songs. And they were going yeah. ape shit and we were together, you know. And we all felt like we were part of something special. So as long as we were playing to people who liked the music, we were down. And, you know, letting us crash at their houses and whatnot. By Frolic, it was already getting a good buzz because of board and, you know, music was, was growing then. But then we were still hoping people would get there. By Act 3, it was pretty hot. At that point, because, you know, it was us and Forbidden. We toured states and Europe together, and that tour was just colossal. Yeah, it was everywhere we played was, you know, us and Forbidden were kind of at our peak at the time. And, you know, everywhere we played, we knew it was, uh, you know, the advanced ticket sales were always told to us. We're like, all right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Now we're still, you know, hopeful. So uh, same thing, whatever, it keeps us hungry. I'm good with it. Yeah, yeah. You know. And, and uh, I mean, the new stuff is awesome. New album, Thanks, great. Man. Can't wait to hear the stuff live i mean yeah. it's a it's a great record do you have that like it just feels like metals in a different place but it's growing like it, it's almost like in that same place that maybe you guys were at frolic through the park where metal is not where you are yeah, but yeah. where metal is it's like but it feels like we're on the verge of something don't doesn't it or absolutely i've been riding on this high all of a sudden i'm just like ah and i'm i'm i've been i haven't been this excited about it since since probably back then you know yeah it's, it's I, I definitely feel like it's, it's kind of like, oh, it's back, you yeah. know, and I'm seeing it yeah. in, in the kids' eyes and the teenagers' eyes right. and the younger exactly. band's eyes yeah. and the people up front, you know, they're younger and, they're, and I'm like, yeah, you know, and I'm feeding off it. I feel like, like, 
you know they're the blood and I'm the that, fucking vampire <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome but you get that yeah. we get that too it's like it's like you know uh, listenership goes up well, readership you, you on get, the site yeah, goes I mean up. you start you just feel the momentum you start yeah. to see, you feel everything sort of sort of riding with it and the albums are getting better the music's getting better you know there's that patch where like there was nothing nobody was putting out anything really interesting and then yeah. now when you've got the world making music that's really good. Cavellertack and, yeah, yeah. and, oh, yeah. and Gojira we talked to earlier today. Yeah. Cathonic, you know, and and it seems like there's an awesome opportunity for people to take it in all sorts of new directions absolutely. at the same time. I mean, you guys listening to all this oh, and trying to take it in? Absolutely. Love Gojira, love Cavellertack. I love, you know. And the thing is, we're meeting all these guys at these European festivals we all play together. So everyone's kind of inspiring each other. And then um, it's a, it, it helps, you know, breed just, I think, uh, you know, originality. And it's, it's going to help uh, touring packages down the road, you know, be more diverse and just, uh, you know, it's going to help all the different scenes in general, which is good. Because there are so many subgenres now, well, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. <laughs> it's ridiculous. No, yeah, right. But, you know, is you know, hopefully all this, you know... I guess melding together in these festivals will help people, you know, put together more put together more interesting packages. In the 90s were you know, there's some doldrums there. There's, <laughs> there's, there's some quiet times. There are only a couple of bands in there, but yeah, you yeah. Know, once you hit 2000 you started to see a big rise and it flashed really quick and then sort of died back off and now it's a slow burn that seems to be happening. Yeah. And seeing you guys come back and seeing so many other bands that, you know, seeing testament rise up again you know to, to, to the levels that they were at in the, yeah. in the 80s and early 90s and seeing that start to move again it's it feels it, it feels like it's actually something now because i mean i felt in 2003 four or five like there's there's some stuff here people are taking advantage of it but not like not the it didn't feel quite as real as it does you know seven years eight years on yeah truly you know truly i think you know and it's because when that, that wave first hits, too, you're going to see other people jump on and say, dude, we, let's do a couple shows and see. And then, you know, people do a few festivals, a few shows, or maybe even put out a record and then realize, you know, it's not the glory days, man. If you want it, you got you to gotta, you gotta get dirty again. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean, and the ones that were willing to are the ones that are still around doing it, you know? Yeah, because it's the younger bands, you know, they're, they're, they're willing to get in a van and, you know, do it time and time again. And, you know, we're... we're we're not as young as we used to be, and that shit's hard. Yeah. <laughs> you well, know, but we had to do it when we first reformed, yeah, right. and you got you got to do it if you yeah. want it. Well, and the younger bands are finding new ways to kind of pave the road a little bit. You know, yeah. whether it's you know crowdfunding that we've right. talked about a bunch, or you know the the ways that they make merch and merchandise themselves and use their brand. You know, the, there's so many different new things that are out there that these young kids that are coming up have got this spark for it and then teach all of us old fuckers yeah. how, to do, how to do this stuff again. You know, they're like, yeah. I, I never would have thought of that. <laughs> exactly. Brilliant, you know? exactly. Well, so, Chuck really wants to know is when is the Death Angel IMAX film? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it. That's, that's, we can't even... Put it, get it together to release a you know a documentary, but not working on for four goddamn years. Is that right? <laughs> yeah, well, so it'll, it'll be out someday. That's Ted. It'll be out someday. It's just, I'd say I don't know. You got the footage. It needs yeah, to be edited yeah, or something. Yeah. Meanwhile, the story's moved on. Exactly. Right? It keeps moving on, so we keep you know. Yeah. The, well, you can't ever end it. You know. Yeah, I mean, you know, exactly. you, there's not going to be another end to it. You know. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, no, it's never yeah. going to be over. We were talking to uh, Kurt from DRI recently. Yeah. Right. And so I kind of made fun of him because he was trying to argue that is it toxic holocaust? Yeah, doesn't sound like DRI. Oh, okay. And I'm like, oh come on, dude. Municipal waste or one of them. And I, way I, municipal waste, right? Yeah. And so the way I said is, it it, doesn't it feel like somebody just stole your car and is driving in front of your house back and forth? (laughs) And he's like, no, 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 no. They don't sound anything like. Well, maybe when they get faster, they only play fast. Come on. Yeah, yeah. But are there any bands in this whole thrash revival where you hear what they're doing? And you go, hey, guys, wait a second. I don't know. That's a tough one. Because we were always so fucking quirky <laughs> after the ultraviolence, you know? <laughs> it's kind of like now we're getting back to our thrash bits. You know, if anything, I just Vans will tell me that we inspired them. And it's hard for me to, like, really go, ah, that's us. Yeah. You know, it's, it's yeah. It's because really I don't hard. hear it either. I yeah. hear pieces, but I don't yeah. hear anybody going... Uh, yeah, we're uh, Dark Angel. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, or something yeah. like that. It yeah. just uh, hasn't happened. And it's yeah. surprising. I'm okay with that. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> you know, I want to be you know as original as we possibly can. Have our own little niche, which I think you know we've uh, we've done that so far, and uh, I think we're you know garnering a larger fan base from doing that now. Yeah, absolutely. Fine. 
Absolutely. <laughs> so uh, this tour, how long is it? And, and uh, does it ever end? Or you got festivals that you're ready to hit? Oh, yeah. Or you got to wait we, until next summer for those? We plan on this just going. Because for the last record, Relentless Retribution, we toured pretty much for like three years. And then we're home for about a month. And then we recorded this record. You know, and uh, this this leg that we're doing with, um, you know, these guys is about, total was about three and a half weeks. And then we're home for a week and a half. Then we do about three weeks in Europe, then time off for the holidays. And then we start up again end of January, more, you know, more U.S. and Europe for the summer festivals for sure. And then, you know any other markets we could hit and the whole time pounded away at the record promo at yeah, the same man. time right that's yeah. what we're doing and then you know hopefully you know some other bands that are bigger will take us out of support again because that's still trying to win people over yeah you well know? You know, that's an interesting thing too is you know you guys are in san francisco now testament's been picked for parts exodus has definitely been picked for parts yeah you guys nobody's picked you for parts are you do you do they have like word out that you're gonna kick somebody's ass if slayer calls or or is carrie king got your phone number and tom maria should be nervous or what no <laughs> he's gonna get he's gonna get mark to do the yeah, 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 yeah. i'm in i'm in <laughs> damn i'll jam with anybody <laughs> if i respect them right <laughs> It's it's amazing that those like with the exception of Forbidden, like everybody stuck through. I mean, we talked to Gene Hoagland a few weeks ago too, and just talking about, I mean, the whole California scene and yeah. and just uh, yeah, uh, how all you guys have been tight and everybody survived. It's like the you know nobody seems to realize you're like Seattle to grunge is what California was to thrash. You just know? with a you know just a much uh, less uh, commercial subject matter <laughs> I, I, I think all the metal people realize that i think in it, it's yeah. one of those i think in their head they realize and they don't even know it yeah. you know like they're we were talking about the metallica thing and and they, it, their roots were in thrash oh yeah and you don't even think about it nowadays but yeah. where where the stuff came from and people just don't identify it anymore because it's metal is a young man's game unfortunately yeah no, it is yeah. and you know if you don't act like a young man in some respects you just kind of get out of it and you grow out of it. And then people still tell me to this day, it's like, have I ever grown out of that bullshit? Yeah. Like, Hell no. Oh, what are you exactly. talking about, dude? This is awesome. I was like, I it love is. doing this. I it love is. the loud shit. So, I mean, I, th- I think a lot of people that used to be or were in the middle of it, they're now wearing suit and ties and, yeah, yeah. you know, in cubicles and shit and yes. not paying attention to it. Yeah, I mean, you guys got, uh, what was it? There was like, was it Burger King or something like that? You guys got Carl's you know, Jr. Carl's yeah, Jr. The yeah. ultraviolence. <laughs> so, so How did that happen? Yeah. We got a call. Our man, I thought we got an email from our manager saying, we got, you know, Carl's Jr. approached us and we wanted to use this, you know, bit of the ultraviolence for a commercial. At first I thought he's fucking with us. I was like, you messing with me? You know, really? And no, it's, you know, it came to fruition. And eventually, you know, when I first... I actually, for one, never saw it on television. I only see, I've only seen it on YouTube and yeah. whatnot. I'm not a big TV guy, though, but my friends would say, you know, my phone was just, you know, <laughs> getting texts, dude, dude, you know, constantly. And I was like, and, you know, when I would watch it, I never saw it. But I, I think it's I think it's brilliant. It's hilarious. Um, you know? <laughs> but it's those, interesting. Yeah. yeah at, least, at least you knew about it. They didn't, like, just grab yeah, it. Right? Just well, hijack it. <laughs> yeah, somebody at Carl's Jr., is our age and yeah. you know it's yeah. like I'm, now I'm the boss I'm gonna yeah. make you know I'm gonna set it up well dude I, I don't even know how long we've been how long we've been going here man it's taking a so ton long, of your time but, really but dude right. yeah I just super respect there's so much I thank you for no you, know? you kidding me no, no no you know? no so it's all good you guys you don't even realize what you did, I love. Right? Yeah. <laughs> you That's know? the best kind, though. You yeah. give and you keep. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm well, not done. You guys still got it on stage, man. I mean, do you feel like you still... Uh, you're talking about feeding off that energy That's and stuff. My, but, man, I, I mean... my life. And I think, uh, you know, if there's one thing I've always been proud of is our live performance. Yeah. You know, we've always been a live band. Always have. And, you know, uh, I think that's what garnered us a lot of newer fans and younger fans from doing all these other tours. And, uh, spe- like, namely the, that Anthrax Testament tour. We played in front of a lot of people who just maybe saw the logo before or heard the name. And uh, won just so many people over with, uh, you know, getting out there and <laughs> <laughs> delivering live, basically. You know, they're like, what the hell is this? You know, the opening band's coming out and, you know, ripping your face off so it's amazing to be doing it for this long and you're like i got 40 minutes and i gotta blow these people oh out. yeah how do i do it absolutely yeah. so right now it should be a household name yeah. if carl's <laughs> jr calls more often <laughs> right <laughs> next time it's jack in the box yeah, there yeah. You go. Uh, jack in the box calls it's done and done. so ultraviolence do you guys own ultraviolence violence at this point 
what, what and then Act Three and and Frolics through the Park are they in print? Are they out of print? Do you, what's the status and all that stuff? Um, Act Act Three is t- a long time. We're you know that's that's still tied up in legal stuff. We at least got it available on iTunes now. It wasn't even available then, so we finally got that at least available on iTunes. As far as a re-release there. That's that's gonna be a while. No way. Yeah. And, no uh, temptation to like go in the studio. Yeah. Like, man, we're just gonna record yeah, right. the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, not us. <laughs> uh-uh. That's not us. <laughs> I know other bands have done it, but I know it's what not you us. do. You get the I masters. I don't agree with that. Yeah. Man. You book the studio time. You you release the album exactly the way it was, but you tell everybody, "Hey, man, these are the receipts. Man, this is us re-recording." <laughs> I swear to God, we recorded it. It's just us, bro. Yeah. It sounds exactly the same. What we bought ourselves you? a little task cam. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, you know, just went to town, yeah. bro. You know, it's all good. It's a four track. <laughs> you know, knocked it out. Hell yeah. Yeah. It's just an idea. You know? People spend yeah. a lot of money nowadays to sound like they did yeah. <laughs> in the 80s. So. Well, you imagine this. So I know, you, right? You spend nothing and you sound exactly the exactly. way. Oh, that's crazy. <laughs> that's nuts, man. But, yeah, awesome, man. Thanks for taking the time. Of we course. Really appreciate it. Of course. Yeah, and congratulations on another great record. I appreciate that. So Thank good. You. The uh, last yeah. track. I have a terrible song name. So the last track on the album just like seals the deal. Territorial Instinct, yes. Bloodlust. That's it. Yep. Bloodlust. Believe me, I'm just learning them too. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah we're going over them in sound check and I'm like, <laughs> looking for cues. Quick question. <laughs> so, so I balked! <laughs> <laughs>
subscribe to the Metal Sucks Podcast today. metal from the weekend nachos no idols no heroes uh it's uh, it's, it's pretty awesome dude the new album is called still and it's and it's pretty wicked cool i don't know why i picked that one but i just wanted to throw it in there i wanted you to hear it there was another band that you like put on facebook or something that had like grown on you like a bug or something extol 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 i did not like that album the self-titled album like at all and I and I had gotten rave reviews from a lot of different people and i, I was not into it man and i started listening to it uh, again, just a couple weeks ago, I was like, yeah, you know, all right. Maybe maybe it's just a mood thing. Yeah. You know? Sometimes that happens, dude. But see, I'm all about the music. Whatever this <laughs> crap drama that you want to try to get people to be paying attention to is uh, is crap. It's, You've it's been working not, on your top 15 list? Real. Oh, shut up, dude. <laughs> I got my list I got almost it, solid. Man, There's I, a couple things I want to hear before... I, I finalize it, but I started I writing it. I was going to try to finish it today. I don't know. I think I'm going to just go ahead and mimic what I see over here on this <laughs> one right it. here. Because this list right here, what I love about this revolver list is that it's only made so people like us will talk about it. <laughs> so we're not going to. Just like what you were talking about in the beginning of the show with Hell your yeah. band trying to get people to. But it works. It works because putting Black Sabbath as number one makes me want to kill your mom yeah <laughs> it's, it's, and that will get you written up about <laughs> so yeah i don't want to talk too much about that because i think it's just i think they're just trolling everybody yeah. i yeah. honestly i think that's all they're doing because there's no way that yeah. anybody with ears would think that that album was the best album of the yeah. year so. it's, it's like it, you know and it's a little bit different than rolling stone giving the new uh, bruce springsteen uh fart fest uh five stars yeah, because but, but they, we, they just yeah. hump his leg and i don't think revolver is humping black sabbath's leg necessarily they're just trolling totally that's all it is man i mean as soon as i saw it as soon as i saw it actually i think i think um uh the guys posted it on ms when it first kind of broke a little bit and they thought the same thing yeah because i'm like there's no there's no way man there's no way and i mean deaf heaven i think is number two or something like that which is all right that's cool but you know it's just yeah you're you're just trying to make me react yeah and now i'm i'm on to you i'm on to you you dumbasses <laughs> totally on to you so you're not going to get me this time good show this week oh okay good show. yeah next week we have no idea what the hell is going to happen next week That's we really fine don't by me because we got a couple of interviews scheduled this week we're going to figure out what's going to happen it's the week of thanksgiving next week so we can talk about all kinds of fun uh things that we're thankful for mm-hmm. yeah can we do some kind of cool topic like that? Because nobody's talking about that during Thanksgiving week. <laughs> That'd be great. I'll wear my sweater. Oh, it's going to be a wonderful week. I can't wait. <laughs> but we do have some good interviews coming up uh, Coming up that week. We're going to talk to Valertac. We're going to talk to uh, High and Fire. We're trying to talk to uh, Kirk from Crowbar. Maybe some Dave Mustaine in the future. I don't know. We'll have to see what happens. It could be an early Christmas. As long as Mustaine doesn't Mustaine us, we're good to go. <laughs> yeah, there's a reason we call it being Mustaine. Because <laughs> it's being Mustaine. It's, it's what happens to it. 
But uh, we're going to wrap this episode up. We thank you guys for uh, tuning in. Make sure you subscribe on iTunes and all that good stuff. Give us five stars and tell us how crappy we are because uh, that's uh, the way we feel. <laughs> I feel that way <laughs> well, inside. Speak for yourself. <laughs> I don't. This show sucks. It's the worst day ever. It's what happens in the winter. Uh, I get I get really sad and depressed inside, man. Do, do you remember? Like, I have low self-esteem. Vince and Axel emailed me and explicitly said, stop talking about how great you are. <laughs> See, I, I'm, I feel I feel sad inside it's what i do yeah they don't realize that i'm the yin to your yang yeah, i have to that's, that's you true. don't get emails telling you to stop talking about how much you suck that's because that's what we do screw that this is the greatest I'm conversation the, on radio i'm the dumpy guy. and we're not even on radio i'm the i'm the eeyore i'm the <laughs> everything sucks hell yeah okay. greatest all podcast right. ever and i'm ready to start talking to all the other podcasts and tell them they're faced exactly what every monday we post this thing on metalsucks.net and you should uh, join in because it's fun. If you haven't, then you probably aren't hearing what I'm saying. So have yourself <laughs> a great rest of the week. I'm Chickity Chuck. I'm Godless. And this has been the Metal Sucks Podcast. Yeah.